You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship, or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe well good morning everybody i am feverishly and frantically sharing this room uh all in sundry with uh, with as many different Michelle. I'm trying everything that I can, <clears throat> including in the hallway, just trying uh, to figure out exactly the right formula. Is there a formula? We're not really sure. So I've put it into the hallway. I've shared it on Twitter. I've shared it on threads. I've shared. It, I don't even know what I've done anymore. But uh, hello, everybody. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday, July nineteenth. 8.02 a.m. I've got a good show for you today. I've got a show. I've got a good, I've got, I'm, I always bring my best. Um, anything less is unacceptable. Quick little link above uh, today that you can still register. We still have a few places left. Um, we have a thousand maximum, but I think we're, we're going to be okay. Uh, we've got Kusro Khaled, who is the Managing Director at Deloitte Digital for Web3 and Metaverse. And, uh, oh boy, am I going to be asking him a question uh, related to today's topic. Um, this is someone who actually represents clients and represents real dollars is, and is actually investing in the space, is actually seeing what's happening in the space, what is real, what is not, what is hope, what is hype, etc. You definitely want to attend you don't get, we don't get normally the opportunity to talk to a leader like this often. And it's free, by the way, free, free, free. So 3 p.m. today. And if you do listen live or within 24 hours, you will receive a POAP from me, which is a proof of attendance protocol. It is an NFT, basically. Uh, and it's, uh, it's proof that you were there. Um, and no one can ever take that away from you. No one can ever steal it. And no one can ever pretend that they were there. Um, it is it is unique. As I was saying yesterday, uh, Kusro could decide. He could say, hey, whoever's got one of these POAPs, I'll uh, buy you lunch. I'll buy you a drink. Come by Deloitte Digital and I'll give you a tour. Um, and all you have to do is show that POAP. Uh, show ups for POAPs. 
um, amazing when we think about really where this could be heading in terms of um, authenticity, authentication, uh, loyalty. There are so many use cases. And if you're wondering what the use case is for your business, there probably is one. And you'll probably figure it out if you approach it strategically and if you approach it um, smartly and considerately um, and um, and you're trying to solve problems, right? It's not the tail wagging the dog. It's not, uh, it's not a solution to a non-existent problem. So often we're so distracted by the bright and shiny objects. I often say this, you know, the number one question I always would get um, when I would stand on stage and deliver a keynote would be, Joe, what's the next big thing? And I would say, there is no next big thing, you moron. The next big thing is now. The next big thing is now. We have never had so many ways to connect with our customers, our employees, our community, our constituencies, our prospects, our loyalties, our lovers. Um, and yet we're worried about the what comes next. And it's so funny because, you know, I basically will go, look, obviously I say this a little flippantly, a little bit provocatively because I'm standing on stage. I would never say this to someone's face. I would never call someone a moron, even if they are a moron. Um, but, I mean, we think, I would say, you know, your email sucks, your CRM sucks, your website sucks, your content sucks, your video sucks, your, your search, you're like your, the basic building blocks of 101 suck, let alone 201, you know, or Web 1, Web 2, let alone 301, Web 3. Um, so it's really important for us to take stock, to take care of the basics, the fundamentals. I mean, the same could be said it is, you know, Wellness Wednesday. We talk about skills. We talk about leadership. The same can be said about taking care of ourselves, taking care of basics. You know, I'm listening to a podcast at the moment and um, and just talking about the basics, right? Sugar, sleep, exercise, all these, you know, there's so many myths out there, but there also are some universal truths in terms of how much sleep to have, in terms of how much sugar to have. I think the answer is not at all. Uh, sleep, by the way, about seven hours. Um, exercise, Um even understanding the origins and the myth of 10,000 steps. Um, I mean, I'm just, look, look, every doctor has a different opinion. Every, every luminary, some are more uh, provocative than others. But apparently, the whole 10,000 step thing came from when, when the Japanese invented the uh, pedometer. I think, the, I, I think that that's what you call the, uh, the step counter, right? Um, the actual technology or the tool that would allow you to count your steps. Um, I think petty is a thousand maybe, um, but they just, they, they, oh, 10,000, sorry. And they just felt that that was a good number. It sounded like an impressive number. So they said, well, 10,000, I think that's where the number came from and it kind of stuck. Um, and, and, and the reality is, is that it's not a bad number actually. It's, uh, but it's, but the actual number is about 7,000. So if you can actually get about 7,000 steps a day, that's, that's a, that's a good enough number. In fact, it's more than good enough. So lots of interesting thoughts, um, I think, about how we... Um, there are a lot of myths out there. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of confusion. Um, and, and we have to, you know, going back to the subject at hand, we've got to learn how to take care of ourselves, but also take care of the basics, whether it's wellness, mental health skills, leadership, learning, unlearning. Um, you know, being a, we're overwhelmed by so many platforms, by so much tools and technology and you know, and, and we spread ourselves thin and we dilute, you know, whether it's in business or, or in, in personal, you know, in our personal lives, there are just so many hours in the day. And if we try and do all things and try and be all things to all people, we end up being nothing to nobody. So it is hard. It is not easy. Um, I, I, I actually saw something this morning and I wanted to touch on it. Um, there's there's a, a gentleman by the name of, of Tom Goodwin. And uh, I don't know exactly where he came from, but uh, but he this guy's got a lot of juice uh, when it comes to I think he's he's got a newsletter called called it is what it is that has eighty nine thousand subscribers. I have twenty five hundred subscribers. Um, we seem to have one thousand one hundred sixty one mutual connections. Um, and and I, I he just he's got the juice on LinkedIn. Um, and, and he's a, he's a bit of a contrarian and listen, I like people that are contrarians. I like people that are always cutting against the grain. I find it sometimes to be a little bit exhausting, uh, when you're constantly, when you're constantly, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing and, um, you know, and always just being, 
Um, I think the, the, the Yiddish word is dafka, um, which is it almost seems when everyone's going left, you're going right. But as I said the other day, the three types of thought leadership are you either come up with completely original content or you build on existing content, right? So if somebody says, here's my thinking on this, you go, well, that's great. Let me build on that. And then the third part is this idea of uh, zigging when the other zag, of being contrarian. Uh, Tom is without question contrarian. Uh, I today am in a way building on top of what he's talking about or riffing on top of his what he's talking about. But I'm also taking a contrarian position to his contrarian position, which I don't know if that means we actually now end up agreeing with each other. Um, and I'm building some original thought leadership too, which is giving you a different take um, and kind of riffing in different directions as well. So for example... Um, I'm going to talk to you a little bit later about this concept of placing your bets. Um, <clears throat> and the reality is, is that, you know, how many people, for example, went all in on threads? How many people went all in on Web3? How many people went all in on whatever, whatever they, you know, they decided was the next big thing, only sometimes to be proven wrong or to find out that you've put all this effort and energy um, and, and the cupboard is bare and you come home with absolutely nothing. It is a high stakes game when it comes to uh, placing your bets. Now, I have an analogy that I use. I call it, um, you know, having, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, the analogy, <clears throat> analogy well, but it's this idea of having uh, multiple horses in the race. Imagine there's a race and there are about 12 horses <clears throat> or 13 horses or 15 horses. If you have one horse in the race, you will, you obviously have a chance of winning, of placing. If you have two horses in the race, uh, you have a better chance. Um, now, if you have three horses in the race, you have an even better chance. And uh, all things being equal, it should be exponential, right? It should be, um, you should have, it's not just one out of 15, two out of 15, three out of 15, but when you have a few more uh, bets, uh, you, there's probably some synergies, there's probably some lessons, you can probably create some savings in terms of how you train, in terms of how you share, in terms of even strategy, in terms of how you run the race. So we could kind of take that analogy <clears throat> as far as we like. I'm not going to take it too far, um, except to say that, uh, of course, I'll say one more point about the metaphor or the analogy, which is, look, you could have three, I think they would call them nags, or you could have the three um, <clears throat> kind of, you know, uh, top weight, gammy leg, you can have three you know, donkeys, as it were, in the race, that's, that doesn't mean you have a better chance of winning the race. So I think we have to kind of realize that, as always, there's a quality and quantity component. Just because, you know, you, uh, you, know, you can go into a casino and you can technically, you can technically um, put a chip, if you go to play roulette, on almost, I think it's a one in, you know, you can correct me in the, in the chat, um, and, uh, and, and by the way, um, uh, it would be, uh, it, uh, Crystal says, would be helpful if you could provide any searchable references for these factoids. Um, what were well, you going to have to tell me what factoid it was? <laughs> um, put the factoid and I'll do my best to give you um, some references, uh, Crystal. Um, but uh, I think, I think uh, it's 33 to one or 30 to one or 35 to one. It's something like that when you go in and, and, um, and bet on a number on roulette and the number comes in. Uh, maybe someone can kind of fact check me and just put it into the chat. That would be helpful because I'm doing this all by my lonesome at the moment. So theoretically, you can go in and, and bet on almost every number and have an almost 100% chance of winning. But, you know, you get to the point when there's a zero and a double zero. And, and it's designed specifically that you cannot absolutely break even or guarantee it. So you can come in and bet on maybe, I don't know, 28 of the 30 numbers um, or, or 30 of the 32 numbers because you're going to miss out on the zero and the double zero. And you know what? Luck of the draw, Murphy's Law, uh, the zero or the double zero comes in and you still lose. Um, the Powerball jackpot right now is at a billion dollars. Again, if you go and do the math, if you ask ChatGPT, what are the odds of winning the Powerball and what would happen theoretically if you were to literally go and do every single combination, you could probably spend about, and, and again, I need this to be fact-checked for me, so if someone wants to do it, I appreciate it, 
um, you could probably go in and spend $870 million to be guaranteed. And it's totally just made up that number. It could be 570, it could be 270, it could be 970. But you could pretty much guarantee your chance of winning the Powerball jackpot tonight. Here's the problem. The problem is it just takes one other person to also get it right, maybe luck of the draw, dumb luck, beginner's luck, on just one random ticket, and now they are taking half of that money and you just got wrecked. So it just shows you, like, if if there's a little tangent here, uh, number one, there is no such thing as a sure thing, even though we might think so. And number two, you can never buy your way to success. You can never guarantee it. Uh, as much as you think and as far as you think you can go, there always are going to be some uncontrollables um, that stand in your way. And this is kind of like, in a way, the luck of the draw, even though a lot of people will say there's no such thing as luck, whether it's in the entrepreneurial world, the startup world, the corporate world, um, you know, the more you practice, the luck you get to use Gary Player as well. Um, so that's just a little bit of additional uh, context setting about you know, multiple horses in the race. For me, um, I, I have multiple horses in the race. Um, at the moment, I'm probably, you know, I'm definitely not at the front of the pack. I'm probably in the middle of the pack and maybe lagging to the back of the pack. But I've got a book coming out with a very innovative uh, go-to-market strategy. I've got my Alpha Collective, my my which, which I believe is absolutely the best primed to win. Um, I've got, I'm doing business coaching with EOS, uh, I'm an implementer, so I'm helping uh, small and medium businesses get what's called vision, traction, healthy. Um, I am. I have my show, Joseph Jaffe is Not Famous, um, and I believe that I will eventually find a home for that show. And then finally, uh, I'm teaching at, at NYU. Um, the very small little horse, you know, no, one's, no one is going to win the uh, Kentucky Derby um, with <laughs> on a teacher's salary. Um, and so in many respects, um, as I even spoke about uh, the other day or even last week, um, the goal is not just to say, hey, you know, I've got five horses in a six-horse race because you can still lose. Um, the goal is to come up with a strategy that unifies, unites the red thread that brings them all together, um, that actually shows there's method to the madness. Sometimes I would say, that there, there may not be a method to the madness, but you can create it retroactively. Now, that's a kind of a weird thought. Uh, it's, um, <laughs> I, can, I can be cynical and snarky about it, and I can also be quite deliberate about it, which is oftentimes uh, planners and strategists and executives and PR people will create the strat- strategy looking backwards, right? They will actually, like when, when there's success, and the success could be completely unintended, um, or, or just by fluke, they'll kind of create, they'll, they'll retrofit or they will reverse engineer the strategy. Um, and, and so that's the kind of snarky approach. Um, but sometimes you do need to kind of just do it. You, you do need to just execute in order to be able to, um, for the strategy to become self-evident. And so for me, as I discussed the other day, you know, I've kind of realized and recognized and uncovered and discovered, and it was always there, I just think I didn't see it, you know, that that my common thread, my why is to help people get unstuck um, and to like develop that. And, and so ultimately, it's a beautiful traffic light for me, because if it doesn't involve getting someone unstuck, then it's something I say no to. And if it's something that does help someone or a brand or a company uh, get unstuck, then it's something I say yes to. And if it's, you know, a, a judgment call, well, then, then it's a judgment call. So um, I'll kind of park that there for now. I'm throwing a couple of ideas out at you. Um, I, I um, at some point, if anyone wants to come up, um, 8.45-ish, um, you can pick up on anything I said and riff on it. Uh, you can push back. You can agree. You can disagree. You can do exactly what I'm talking about from a thought leadership standpoint. You can build on what I'm saying. Um, you can create some original thought as well, um, you know, and you can disagree, and that's fine too. In fact, disagreement, especially when it's respectful, is actually really what moves us forward. It's not agreeing. Uh, agreeing serves no purpose. Agreeing is just good for the ego, you know, uh, unless, people are, unless people are looking for validation. Validation is good. Um, agreement for the sake of ingratiating yourself, not so good. 
Okay, so uh, what is that got my attention and took me down these various little rabbit holes today? So Tom, um, he, he writes this article, um, and I'm going to go ahead and, and put the article into the chat. Um, so this is an article. There you go. I'm going to keep the link uh, for, for the 3 p.m. Alpha Beta Talk today because uh, I really want you to take advantage of it, and I really believe you will get value out of it. And remember, it is free, and you get the POAP. So I've just put that there in in the chat on Clubhouse, and I'm doing the same in Discord because we do this in Discord as well as uh, in Clubhouse. Um, and I'll just read you the post. <clears throat> and you know, kudos to him because it's got me thinking. Uh, so he said, next time someone shows you a report about the value of AI or IoT or quantum or whatever and how it will add you know, X billion dollars to the world economy, remember this nonsense. Just remember the people writing decks about how AI will take your job or while robots will outnumber people or how blockchain will make the average company lifespan come down by 50% are doing so, one, to get noticed, and two, to market a service they offer, and they've always been wrong. If we wanted accurate predictions, we may have to do something boring like define terms properly. There's no agreed term for what IoT means, but people talk about its impact with precision. No meaning for things like AI or Web3, even AR, could be a book or a map or a mobile app with a camera API. The metaverse never meant anything, but people happily talked about it for hours. There is no incentive in future predictions to be accurate, only to be noticed. There is no science, no only salesmanship and the creation of doubt and fear and excitement. And then he provides a chart. And that chart um, says the speculation on the metaverse was astonishing. And so there are metaverse value forecasts in the trillions. Um, and you've got you know companies that I'm sure you've never heard of uh, called McKinsey, Accenture, J.P. Morgan, Bloomberg, Grayscale, and Deloitte. You know, obviously you've heard of them. Um, and and the predictions <clears throat> they kind of vary from, I guess, just under. I think he said these were trillions. Um, so you've got like just under one trillion to five trillion, um, and you know, I'll I'll comment on <clears throat> I'll comment on on the article itself because uh, a, a little bit later. But I would argue that <laughs> Tom's article is is, and maybe this is the maybe he knows this, and and it's kind of a little bit of a wink, uh, a little bit of a wink, a little bit of an insider joke. Uh, but he's also doing the article to get noticed and to market a service he offers, which no doubt is his speaking or his consulting services. Um, so either he either he knows that or he doesn't. Uh, he's a smart guy. He's got to know it, right? So the question is whether he's just doing it to kind of poke fun at all of us and hope that we missed it uh, or whether he's a hypocrite. Um, I'd like to believe it's the former and not the latter because – I have no business <clears throat> calling somebody out, um, especially, I mean, I'd rather, I'd rather, I've been trying to actually get him on the show because I really want to talk to him. I, I like people like this. Uh, they, they interest me. Um, so let's, let's go back now to, uh, to my comment. So I made a comment and, uh, and, then, and then I'll also just read to you one other comment from Jeremiah Ouyang. So what I said was, uh, in fairness, it's 2023, not 2030. So the predictions, you can't see them, but if you did click on them, you will see them. Um, there's no way to share uh, an image in Clubhouse. I know I can probably post it to the wall, um, but this is definitely one of the reasons why you want to be in Discord as well or in addition to or instead of because when we actually put um, links in the chat, we can actually post images and they hyperlink really nicely um i think that's a feature ad that clubhouse should definitely um introduce i'm thinking um but anyway so these predictions are 2035 current which is grayscale which clearly you know that's the only one that's right now uh 2024 2023 2025 and 2030 so if you've got mckinsey saying 2030 and 5 trillion okay that's a lot of money but it's 2030. It's 2023 right now. I mean, you know, it's like in seven, where were we seven years ago? You know, I mean, seven years ago, there was no such thing as NFTs. There was no such thing as Web3. We weren't even aware of most of us, 99% of us here today about blockchain. 
um, or or uh, I mean, so so it's a little unfair. It's a little unfair to just be able to um, also like throw stones at these huge companies. But at the same time, listen, the bigger they come, the harder they fall. And I'd, I'd rather be a challenger and a David than a Goliath. So like I have no problem, you know, throwing stones at a McKinsey or an Essential or JP Morgan. Let them defend themselves. They have much deeper pockets and, and more resources than me. Um, but my comment was, in fairness, it is 2030. Uh, it is 2023, not 2030. Also, to hold the 2023s accountable, when do we measure? End of year? What is what is that number tracking? How right or wrong are the early projections? So, I mean, if the number is 100 million and the prediction is a trillion, well, then, yeah, you really got that wrong. Um, and I think Tom's uh, criticism would be well-founded. If you predicted a trillion and the number's 900 billion, um, I would say you didn't really get it super wrong, did you? So uh, Jeremiah Oyang writes this comment. He says, are we talking about $1 trillion in current valuation? Then these forecasts are true. Uh, Apple, Vision Pro, Meta, Horizon, Oculus, Google, Multiple, Roblox, Minecraft, Sandbox, Microsoft, Multiple are worth $1 trillion plus. If we are talking revenues, then the forecasts are false. So, you know, I mean, in a way, in a way, you can just argue that Tom's uh, comments and are really just to provoke a conversation, which is good. It's good. People are talking. He got attention, whether he was just trying to get attention, in which case he got it, or he's trying to create a conversation. This is good. This is much better to talk about then a drama room on Clubhouse or a room talking about, you know, how to hack the Threads algorithm and get to 70,000 follows. Um, You know, don't knock the tactics. But ultimately, you know, if we have to determine how we place our bets, that's the theme of today. Place your bets, right? How many horses do you have in the race? Are you an owner? Are you a jockey? Are you a trainer, to use the metaphor, or are you just a punter? Or are you a bookie? Who are you in this in this narrative, in this story, in this analogy? What role do you play? How are you going to make money? <clears throat> and uh, and it's a it's a valid question. It's an Im- important question. So you know you're going to be placing your bets, right? Whether you're actually gambling or betting, or whether you're you're placing your bet in the form of investing in a horse or training that horse or or donating your time. This morning, you had to place your bets. You chose to place your bet in this room or listening to this podcast or go to another room or listen to another podcast. You made a decision and that decision will either prove to be a good decision or a bad decision. If you decided to go all in on Web3 or all in on social audio or all in on AI or all in on threads, you also placed a bet and you have to decide as well. Um, I mean, or it will be determined whether that bet in in fact pays off or not and whether you get some return on your investment. So, you know, when we look at, for example, Deloitte, you know, that's why I said, you know, Kusro is is going to be on, I can ask him this question directly. I'm going to say, in fact, I can show that. I say, Tom Goodwin, you know, basically uh, said your predictions. He's basically saying you, Kusro, uh, are doing this to get noticed or market a service you offer. How do you respond to that? Um, and look, you know, if I do the math, it looks like the Deloitte's predictions are about one point, I don't know, 1.3, 1.4 trillion by 2035 2035 and it says asia so i don't know whether that means just in asia or whether this was deloitte asia um but regardless i mean come on come on it's 2023 12 years 12 years where were you 12 years ago what's 23 minus 12 it's 2011 2011 i just published Built to, uh, um, built to suck. I just published Flip the Funnel, talking about custom experience. You know, there, there was, you know, predicting the early, the early signs of what I called universal currency or tokenization. You know, the world was very, very different in 2011. The reality, we weren't even really even talking about AI, 
let alone so many other things as well. So much can change. And, you know, I <clears throat> I just think that we need to be accountable. We need to be accountable in our lives. We need to be accountable in terms of the bets we place. Um, we need to be accountable to ourselves. We need to be accountable to our partners. We need to, be, and I mean that in terms of spouse, in terms of dependents, in terms of business partners, in terms of investors. We can't just throw stuff against the wall and say, ah, you know, whatever, easy come, easy go, right? I've been quite critical of all these thread boosters going out there, you know, running all these rooms that are just basically nothing more than just lead funnels, um, you know, ways to basically, you know, I think take the money out of suspecting, unsuspecting, you know, vulnerable and sometimes desperate people looking to try and find lift and short-term gain, um, it really, really concerns me um, as well. And then suddenly, you know, after a week or so, when the engagement's dying down, no one's holding them accountable. Uh, no one's basically saying, well, you know, you just kind of went all in and ran an 11-hour room on threads, and now you're like moving on to the next thing as well. And, and of course, the fast talkers and the smooth talkers are doing nothing more than just saying, well, you know, we're just kind of like a commentating on it and, you know, and kind of focusing on where the energy was and we move to where the energy goes. Um, and, and, and I think that we don't have the time and the luxury to place bets to be wrong. We can't really afford to be wrong more often than we're not. We don't have the luxury of time. We don't have the luxury of endless amounts of time. We don't have the luxury of endless budgets. We are very, very constrained in terms of our most precious and scarcest commodity. So we have to choose and we have to choose wisely and we have to be super smart and frugal and strategic um, and, and play that three-dimensional chess. Um, <clears throat> and, and that's just the way it is. You know, my feeling with is that I will always, um, you know, uh, I will never, ever... You know, the day that I get to a point where, where new is bad and old is good, I become the enemy that I, that, I, that I despise. I become the person that is only focused on the past and, and what's worked before and, and, and comfort zone and, and, and don't want to change or don't want to unlearn and don't want to learn. If I, can't, if I can't challenge myself and challenge my assumptions on a daily basis, if I can't find the truth uh, in everything, <clears throat> then I myself am a fraud. But I also, you know, cannot go all in all the time because I will run out of steam. I will run out of gas. Um, and I will also run out of credibility. So it's really important um, to be able to frame our own social currency and our own social capital. Um, and, and by the way, hedging is okay. Hedging is okay to be able to say, look, we're not really uh, sure how this is going to end. But that's fine. That's a little bit of humility too. It's humility and it's, it's kind of smart, shrewd, strategic thinking, which is to be a little bit on the fence. You know, we're always trying to, you know, it frustrates me to no end when you see a politician that never answers the question. They never answer the question because they hedge, because they're on the fence, because they know it's going to come back to bite them in the butts. And quite frankly, because they don't know the answer. If somebody knows the answer, think about this for a second. If, if someone definitively tells you the answer, it, it's, it's one of two things. And it's only one of these two things. They either know the answer or they don't have a clue what the answer is and they're just bullshitting you. And if that's the case, people need to be found out. So, so I have no problem Going back to every one of these companies, Deloitte, Grayscale, Bloomberg, JP Morgan, Accenture, McKinsey, at the end of the year that they predict and say, listen, this is the number, it's 400 million, and you said, Grayscale, that it was going to be 1 trillion. You know, you're out by 600 million, you know, or 600 billion? I don't know, a big number. You got some splaining to do, buddy. You got some splaining to do. Because if you want to be taken seriously, you got to be accountable. Quite frankly, this is what we need in life, 
in love, in corporate life, in politics, people need to be accountable. If you say you're going to do something, first of all, you need to do it. And second of all, it needs to get done. And, it need, and, and, and if you said that you were going to accomplish a certain, <clears throat> not just done or not done, but, you know, if, if you're generating leads, if you're, you know, if you're responsible for launching something successfully, you need to be accountable. I don't know why people are not, are so afraid to be held accountable. And the only way that you can be, that you can be accountable is if you have well-defined goals, targets, um, you know, objectives that can be quantified, not qualified, numbers. Everyone has a number. You need a scorecard. You need to be able to be very clear what that number is. And everyone needs to be in agreement what that number is. If there is a normal number and a stretch, that's fine. Um, but not only do you need a number, because everyone has a number, by the way, from the person that answers the phone to the CEO to the board, everyone has a number. Believe it. Someone is in the mailroom, they got a number. Everyone has a number. And when you have a number and you are in agreement with that, you know, you and your boss or your dependents or your colleagues are in, a, are in, a, you know, in agreement, well, then you're either going to meet that number and exceed that number or you, you're going to fail to meet that number. And there must be consequences. That's called accountability. So, you know, I don't have any problem with Accenture coming out by 2025 and saying that number is going to be about one trillion. <clears throat> I do have a problem if they're way off. If they're way off. Look, they're in the business of making recommendations to their clients. They're in the business of selling these recommend recommendations to their clients. And if they sell the wrong recommendations to their clients and they end up selling these $100 million solutions that end up being ghost towns or end up being white elephants, guess what's going to happen? They're going to get fired. They might even get sued, but they're certainly going to get fired. So I think we're also oversimplifying <clears throat> when we take pot shots at people and when we don't actually do the due diligence. What I would love from this piece, for example, is to get someone from Deloitte, Grayscale, Bloomberg, JP Morgan, Ascension, McKinsey to come in and talk to these numbers and defend these numbers or, or you know, reconcile these numbers. Why wouldn't you do that? Maybe they can. Maybe, in fact, there is. Now, I, I just want to say something, by the way, which is I absolutely believe... So I didn't even tell you what I believed. It's in a way irrelevant. But for those of you that know me, those of you that are new to Startup Club or the Collective Cafe or Alpha Collective, just a little bit of a, a quick mini um, reset. We're here every Monday through Friday from 8 to 9. And every single day it's free. It's always going to be free. Um, and, you know, and we, <clears throat> and we, you know, just we, we want to move, we want to take this conversation forward. So if you, if you like this, please come and join us um, on, you know, on a daily basis. Not every day, come when it suits you. There's a podcast, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go, where you can hear what, you can hear this uh, on your own terms. Um, and we, we use AI show notes, so you can actually move uh, quickly through things to be able to see if a topic or a, or a thought or a, a discussion point suits you. Um, uh, you have that link above to the Alpha Beta Talk today um, from Deloitte. And as I said, I'm going to ask him these questions. But, you know, for those of you that are new to me, I had a company called Crayon. It was actually technically the world's first social media agency um, and founded it back in 2006, I want to say. Um, and I ended up selling Crayon, and we were in Second Life. We were in the air quotes metaverse in, um, <clears throat> I don't know, 17 years ago? We had an island and a penthouse and a diner, and a, we had pool parties, and we had a, a, a massive arena, an atrium where we would have panels, and people were actually like sitting on the panel. We had like executives from Coke that were like, 
you know, talking through Skype. We did real, real incredible things in the metaverse. You can imagine my frustration 17 years later. It's like, hey, Second Life called. They want their metaverse back. There, there has been a lot of hype. I give Tom that. There's been so much hype. And every single NFT project that came out, metaverse, 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 we're building a casino in the metaverse. I haven't seen one. Has anyone seen a casino, an operating casino in the metaverse? We've come full circle talking about roulette. Um, I haven't seen one roulette wheel in the metaverse. Yeah, there was a lot of hype. And I actually think that probably there's more truth than not truth in Tom's article. And he's holding you know, the hypesters accountable. And he's basically saying, you can't, you know, and, and look, he's also saying something else, which I think is valid as well, which is remember that when people are boosting, there's something in it for them. So they're either saying something or, or, or making a prediction or tweeting something because they want to get noticed. So how do you get noticed? You generally do that through controversy, through being provocative. Hopefully, I like to say I I like to be thought-provoking versus provocative, right? So you get noticed when you are different. You get noticed when you are unique. You get noticed when you are, are controversial. You get noticed when you are creative. You don't get noticed when you are just the same old, same old. When you're one of 12 rooms on threads, you don't get noticed. You don't get noticed when you are uninspiring when you don't bring something new or original to the table, when you're not adding value, when you're not delivering utility. But the other part is so important to market a service they offer. Now, again, you know, I'm going to argue both sides for a second. We are all marketing services, every one of us. I am marketing services. Michelle is marketing services. Jensa and Melissa and Tim are marketing services. You know, we're not just you know, wafting through this earth and ether altruistically, you know, without, uh, here's the thing. I just think people should be a little bit more upfront, a little bit more honest and say, this is what I'm doing. This is how I make money. This, this is, I could really use your help. I could really use your help today, really, by you registering and attending this talk and finding out more about Alpha Collective. I really, I would appreciate that. That would mean a lot to me. You being here though, is not conditional on anything. You don't need to act in order to, there's no ticket, there's no price of entry, there's no action that you need to complete in order to be in here. But I think it's important to be able to say, why are people here? And if you asked me, maybe someone will ask me, why am I doing this every day? Well, I'm doing this every day because, you know, part of my why, now that I've discovered, is to help people get unstuck. But part of it is my passion for helping people and teaching. And I've been a teacher my whole life. I've, I've mentored startups. I've, I teach at NYU. Um, I, you know, I've, when I keynote, when I facilitate, when I workshop, it's all about teaching. It's all about helping. Um, it's all about being able to, um, you know, to pay it forward. I love it. I absolutely love it. I want to do that. It, it, it makes me... It gives me um, meaning. But also, I learn. I learn, I gain. You know, something I wrote in 2007, enjoying the conversation, production is the new consumption. When we produce, we are consuming. We're consuming ourselves. I know that sounds like very weird. You know, it's like self-cannibalization. But no, it's not bad. But we're consuming ourselves. We are also going through thought processes. We are also formulating ideas. We are also taking things that we can use. I'm going to go ahead after this, take the recording, feed it into otter.ai, come out with a transcript, feed that through ChatGPT to come up with a summary. You know, for those of you that, that have heard me say this, I'm essentially plagiarizing myself, which I think makes it okay. I'm asking ChatGPT to summarize me for God, because God knows I need... I, I can be verbose and I need summation and to be a little bit more succinct. I can ask, you know, ChatGPT to come up with a few key quotes from today. I don't have the means or the mechanism or the resources right now to be able to remember everything I said that, that had value. Hopefully I said a few things and a few pithy quotes that had value. I can take those and create slides 
I can take those and put them into Instagram and create little tiles of quotes. I can actually use that as fodder for my book or for a presentation or something that that really has interesting mean means or meaning. I can go back to Tom and say, Tom, I just spent a whole hour talking about your post, you know, and kind of arguing both sides. And it really, really would be awesome if you would come on my show so we could do this like face to face. I think we could have a really good time together. And I think, you know, intellectually spar and we don't, people don't do that enough. And, and I'd really love you to be, and I'd love you to be an Alpha Talk speaker and actually argue against all the hype and the boosting. You can even argue against me if you like, because, because that's what will move us forward is that you don't just end up with a bunch of boosters, threads, 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 Twitter, 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 clubhouse, 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 metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. What if we're wrong? Well, if we're wrong and and we're, you know, divide that number by two or by three or by four, a lot of people are going to lose their shirts. A lot of people are going to get fired. A lot of people are going to go so far down a path that they're not going to be able to get back from that path. Betting the farm. We can't really afford to be wrong, like dead wrong. Well, not if we bet the farm, if we're all in. Got to be a little bit smarter about about you know finding the balance. Now I detest the test. I detest the test. What I mean by that is I detest the test and learn. When you go to uh, when you go to a client and you say to them, "Hey, I you know want to talk about blockchain and web and web three and community and you know NFTs and you know proof of attendance," they go. We'd like to do a test, test and learn. It's almost like like shake and bake, mix and match with a little N apostrophe, shake and bake. I hate it. It's like we're just going to dip our toes in the water and do the bare, bare, bare minimum so that we can put a little check on the box and say we did that, now we're going to move on. Just in case somebody asks, cover our asses. Like do something properly at least. There's got to be a middle ground between the little insufficient, you know, lip service, superficial test and then the, you know, betting the farm and and either winning big or losing big and chances are you're going to lose big, especially when something is so new. You know, to the fortune... You know, fortune favors the brave. To the victors go the spoils. Sure, if you have the ability to like really double down early on, um, you know, you're going to win big. Um, there was one person had, I don't know, 43 board apes. I mean, they can retire on that. It's, uh, they could have at one point. I don't know if they can now. Um, some people do bet big. Some people do go and spend 10000 dollars on the powerball and win it some people spend two dollars on the powerball and win it everyone's different and there's no one size fits all but if i could bring it full circle and uh if anyone does want to come onto stage um and add riff um you know build disagree um now would be your time but if i can bring it back to wellness wednesday right talking about wellness, mental health, skills, and leadership, um, we have a very limited set of, um, of, uh, of time, of budget, of attention, of energy, um, of motivation, um, and we have to place our bets. We have to be strategic. We have to, um, we should have multiple horses in the race, which today could mean multiple revenue streams. Um, but ultimately, we have to remember um, that there are a lot of people running around us trying to tell us what to do and how to do it and what to think and how to spend and where to put their money. You got to choose who you want to listen to. You got to choose who is credible. You got to choose who you trust. Um, and and spoiler alert, by the way. The person you should trust is yourself. You should not trust anyone else. You should not trust me 
Why would you trust someone that you've never met or you've met once or twice? Um, or maybe you will trust me when you, over time, over months and years, if I've been able to demonstrate to you consistency, dependability, reliability, integrity, delivery, the ability to actually execute, to deliver on my promises, maybe I can earn the trust, but it's not something that you just throw away and dispense. It's not something that is frivolous. Remember, trust takes a lifetime to earn and a blink of an eye to destroy. So you've got to determine who you trust. And I think the most important thing is it doesn't have to be all or nothing. 50% of the time you can trust, you can, you know, if, if, if you and if uh, even today, triangulate your own point of view. Take, take some of what I said, take some of what Tom said, and then formulate your own point of view, almost like, like being a judge, almost like being a jury. You are the judge, the jury, and the executioner. You hear from the prosecutor, you hear from the defense, and then you make up your mind for yourself. That is the ultimate triangulation. That is what I would call self-triangulation, right? You listen to both sides, and then you formulate your point of view. And the key that I'm saying here is that point of view doesn't have to be, I agree with, you know, uh, I'll just pick two people here, you know, I agree with Meron or I agree with uh, Mariam, right? It doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be somewhere in the middle, somewhere in the middle. I, I've been calling it the Goldilocks effect, right? Not too hot, not too cold, just right. Not too hard, not too soft, just right. Find somewhere in the middle. That's where we end up settling. Especially, you know, when you're, when you're now actually trusting both sides and yourself and then triangulating, arbitraging, triaging until you get to that middle ground. That's how we feed our health, our wellness, our soul, you know, our heart, our brains, um, that's how we lead. That's how, uh, at the end of the day, we we figure out that middle ground. Now, why did I say um, don't trust me? Um, because I mean, anyone that says trust me, <laughs> it's like someone that says, "Can I be honest with you?" Anyone that says trust me, um, didn't didn't the snake in in the Jungle Book say trust in me? Um, it's a dead giveaway to basically say, don't trust me. Um, but remember, everyone has an agenda. Everyone has uh, a bias. Even, you know, even the people that actually, you know, again, if someone says they have no agenda, those are the people that have an agenda. But even if the people really are coming in and, and, and attempting to be Switzerland and arguing both sides objectively, etc., there are inherent biases, there are subconscious biases that we aren't even necessarily aware of. And, and so the only way around that, in my opinion, is to explicitly try and, and compensate for the bias. But it begins by admitting there's a bias. So first you have to admit the bias, um, that there is a bias, that's step one. Step two is indicate what the bias is, if you can, right? And then three is adjust for the bias. So as an example, um, I'll, I'll give you this closing example. Web three, right? I am, um, <laughs> thank you, Mariam. Mariam Samboka uh, uh, said, it was a great pleasure to be acknowledged during your talk. Well, you know, you're very welcome. Um, I'll do it more often then if you like it. Um, but um, the bias, right? I believe that Web3 could fundamentally be one of the biggest developments, you know, transformations, disruptions in marketing as we know it. That's a very big, bold, broad statement. What is my credibility? What is, what is the basis for me saying that? Well, I've written five books on marketing. I teach at NYU. I've made predictions and I've been right almost all the time. I've, 
I have experience, I've lived through digital, part of the basis of my saying is this is the second coming of digital. The dot-com boom bust, the bubble, Super Bowl, pets.com, euphoria, greed, cluelessness, laziness, I've been there. And I've seen it happen not just with digital, but also with like elements of social media and, you know, and, and, and various other fads or sometimes phenomenon, fads and phenomenon. So I have the basis. Um, the other thing is that my approach is I'm not just going, I've never boosted metaverse ever. In fact, I've been very anti-metaverse the whole time, kind of frustrated because of, because of what I saw with Second Life, how it was just discarded and lambasted and minimized and, and we missed such a massive, massive opportunity. So I always apply a strategic lens. For me and those of you that have been following, that's why I started Alpha Collective, by the way. Uh, the means that for me, it is purpose and it's diversity and inclusion and it's loyalty and it's community and it's community capitalism. So I kind of stand behind that. But at the same time, in order to circumvent my bias, I want more contrarians to come in and argue against it. I want to give those people a platform. Not so that I can break them down or tear them apart, you know, but so that, that actually I feel like I have an obligation to the people to you, to people that are in Alpha Collective, to hear both sides of the story and then make their mind up for themselves, which goes back to that point. Your side, my side, the truth. You know, your argument, the two different sides of the argument, and then ultimately don't trust either of them, trust yourself. That's what it always comes down to. It always comes down to you at the end of the day. you got to make that decision we are really full circle, right? Uh, a previous collective cafe talking about procrastination and decisiveness. Then we've got to make a decision because we can't do both, really. At some point, we have to actually be able to commit to one direction. We can have parallel work streams. We can maybe try and test two different things, right? We can, you know, I mean, this is the classic part of performance marketing and direct marketing, you know, the, the test and control and, you know, testing different uh, headlines and, and colors and back. Sure, we can, we can test tactics, but when it comes to vision, it's very hard to test and learn with vision. It's very hard to test and learn with, with you know, transformational, game-changing, competitive advantage. At some point, you have to make a commitment. At some point, you've got to be able to, you know, whether it's, you know, take one part research from the Deloitte's, et cetera, et cetera, right? One part your own experience, one part your gut and intuition, one part, you know, healthy skeptics and, you know, the Toms of the world. I'm a huge believer, um, there's no time to discuss it today, in red teaming, in 12th man, in what I wrote in, in Built to Suck, this idea of embrace your heresy. I'm a huge, huge believer that in a room, the only time you should ever worry is when you're in a room or you're, you're a leadership team or a management team or a group of people and everyone agrees. That's the only time you should ever worry. When everyone is just like literally kind of like nodding, like clones, like drones, like puppets. That's the only time you should be afraid when you've got a skeptic or a dissident or a, a rebel or a, you know, or someone that's un, you know, those, you need those people so desperately, so desperately. We need the Toms. We need the contrarians because they keep us honest. Even if sometimes they're not honest, even if they have an object, uh, uh, an objective or an agenda, which is to get noticed and sell their services but we need them because remember everyone has an agenda and everyone's trying to sell their services. So if that is true and it is true, you know, again, it's like we're all in the same boat together. What, what is that? Uh, uh, what's that saying, Michelle, the thing of thieves, um, a gang of, what, what's the term? Honor amongst thieves. 
honor amongst thieves. Yeah, we're all thieves. So there's honor amongst us. Um, well, we got through a lot of things. My, I don't even know how I think. It's, it's like I, I, I literally, like this entire topic came from me just being on LinkedIn 20 minutes before we began. I was really going to talk about this idea of placing bets. That was going to be the big thing. And then kind of like we went down a whole bunch of rabbit holes. But uh, we got one minute left. Um, I do want to um, encourage people. uh, Please, you know, like every now and then come on stage, uh, chat to me. I get a bit lonely. Um, uh, Although, you know, as I said, and I'll say it again, the objective of these sessions is for you to be able to get on with your own life. Uh, listen, learn, uh, you know, walk the dog, etc., etc. Um, hopefully, I will see uh, some of you today um, at our Alpha Beta Talk, uh, 3 p.m. You can actually see my wonderful face for radio um, and um, and enjoy it. Enjoy it. I think you'll you'll get a lot and gain a lot. Um, and um, this is, I think, number. Seven, we've got about five more, and then it all goes private uh, when we actually start just focusing on our members only. Uh, But as I've said to you before, there are ways to still be able to attend and listen to all of the Alpha Talks through the uh, the entry-level Mint, which I can discuss maybe later in the week on Friday. Uh, But have an amazing day, everyone. Michelle, as always, thank you for uh, letting me Uh, Hang out in the wonderful Startup Club if you haven't joined the house right now. Um, I think a couple of people here are not house members. Join the house. This is one of the longest standing, one of the largest, uh, one of the most important clubs in Clubhouse or houses in Clubhouse. So join the house. Any last words, Michelle? No, thank you. And um, we'll look forward to seeing everyone tomorrow again at 8 a.m., right, Jappy? Yes, 8 a.m. tomorrow. We continue our exploratory of the wonderful book, I Dare You. Uh, So I dare you to attend tomorrow. I dare you to attend every day this week. Um, And then you will be fully addicted and you will be putty in my hands. Uh, You will be helpless to resist our virtual coffee. Have an amazing day, everyone. Bye. You too. Be well. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.